You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. The weekend is finally here. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. I hope you're all ready for the weekend. I know that I am looking forward to it, but also I'm moving this weekend, so I'm like I'm looking forward to the weekend, but I'm very much not looking forward to the weekend in the same sense. Uh, today, we'll talk about Kadarius Tony and the impact he could have with the Giants' offense and how he'll fit in with the offense. We'll talk about how the departure of offensive coordinator Brian Johnson could impact the Gators' offense this year, and the lone Gators basketball high school commit, Kawasi Reeves. We'll talk about him and his arrival in Gainesville. Also, thank you to the people who left a review. Please do continue to do so or reach out to me in some way so that I can work to make this the best Gators podcast around. With that being said, Apple Podcasts still being pretty screwy right now, so we're having some issues there getting the episodes up uh, when I actually upload them. Instead, we're getting them hours later. Like as I had one where I didn't have one come up all day. The next day, I had two come up. So it, it's really just wonky right now. Uh, so we'd recommend right now using Spotify or Odyssey, or Odyssey for the time being, just to be more up to date, you know? Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And join Locked On NFL draft host Trevor Sykema, who is also a Gators fan, and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks, which may or may not include some Florida Gators. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. As promised, we're going to start this off by talking about New York Giants first round pick and former Florida Gator Kadarius Tony and his fit with the New York Giants in this offense. And really, I mean, this is something that when he was picked, a lot of people thought it was um, confusing, I'll say, uh, just because, you know, the Giants, one of their strong spots has been presumably uh, their receivers because they've got Kenny Galladay, they've got Sterling Shepard, and they've got Darius Slayton as their uh, quote-unquote big three, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's not great, but it, it is looking like one of the more promising units in the NFL right now. Um, so Kadarius Tony's selection was a bit confusing to people and caused us scratching some heads. Um, I was scratching my head mainly because I was like, there's no way that Kadarius Tony ends up on my favorite team, but he did, and I was also scratching my head because the New York Giants traded down, which is something Dave Gettleman had never done before this year's draft. Um, so it made me just, it was like double whammy for me. I was super stoked about it, though. I'm excited to have KT with the Giants. Uh, he might have to fight for snaps early on. Like I mentioned, they've got Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. The main person he'll probably be fighting snaps with 
will be Sterling Shepard, the primary slot receiver for the New York Giants. Of course, Sterling Shepard has struggled with injuries throughout his career. Primarily, the past couple years have been really, really rough for him to just stay on the field in general. When he's on the field, he's fine, but it's just been a serious issue to get him on the field consistency, consistently. So there's that concern. Uh, Kadarius Tony. also, I'm expecting this offense to go a bit more four wide, whether it's with four receivers, one tight end in Evan Ingram, or four receivers and a running back in Sterling Shepard. I really don't know, but I do think this offense, their goal is to kind of spread it out a little bit more. They're realizing like, hey, we've got decent speed. We've got solid playmakers. And we, we finally got the personnel to really make this offense work. So I'm thinking that they're going to go four wide more. So we could see Kadarius line up in the slot a bit more with Sterling Shepard also on the field. Um, that was a weird voice crack. <laughs> um, so yeah, we could see them both on the field at the same time. I would also look at Kadarius Tony having return opportunities early on. That's something that the Giants have really not had a guy who it's like, all right, he could take any catch to the, any return to the house since Odell got traded, really. Uh, and even then, Odell was the kind of guy where he was such a star. He would only come on the field for returns when it was really needed for them. So Kadarius Tony could be the guy who right now he's not going to be getting a ton of playing time early on, most likely. But I'm expecting a ton of special teams touches for him. I think one of the reasons that he was drafted in the first round was because Joe Judge, who is currently the head coach of the New York Giants, was a special teams coach for the New England Patriots. And that they were like, all right, well, we got a guy who can contribute in the passing game, the running game, and special teams. And... I know that for Gators fans, yeah, it, it's nothing new to say that Kadarius Tony could contribute in the passing game and the running game. But for non-Gators fans that are just Giants fans or whoever it may be listening to this, Kadarius Tony is very capable of playing both receiver and running back. I'd say at a relatively high level, he's shown great vision. He's got insane wiggle. Like I've said it before, the way this dude jukes absolutely blows my mind. Like, it, it hurts my knees watching this man move the way he does. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. He's, he's one of the most difficult ball carriers I've ever seen when it comes to trying to tackle him. I've never seen defenses struggle the way they do with Kadarius Tony. It's absurd. Like, we talk about Percy Harvin, Randall Cobb, and whoever you want to talk about with Kadarius Tony. I know that a lot of people try saying Golden Tate, um, but Kadarius Tony is just a different breed of ball carrier. It's ridiculous. And he's going to fit in with his offense. I think that they're going to try to get a lot more creative, which I know is weird hearing about the Giants. Like, that's just not what Jason Garrett's been known for. But I think he's recognizing, you know, this offense is... It's, it's lacking something. And so they went out and they got the most explosive playmaker in the draft, the most explosive playmaker they could have gotten at any point, really, this offseason. And Kadarius Tony just allows them to have someone who it's like, just put the ball in his hands, find a way to do it, whether he's lining up in the slot, out wide, in the backfield as a running back or wildcat quarterback. Who knows, really? I mean, there's just so many directions you can go with him. He just offers so much for this offense that it's really just, it's insane what he can do. And I think that, 
I think a lot of people are underestimating just how important Kadarius Tony is going to be to these New York Giants this year. I know that it's like, hey, like he might have to fight for snaps with Sterling Shepard, whatever. I I genuinely think that the Giants did not draft him to give him a red shirt year. He's shown that he can perform and produce as a receiver. He's shown that he's freaky with the ball in his hands. He's shown that he can contribute to this offense early and often. And I think that we're going to see a, a surprising amount of touches for him this year. Um, or at least I'm hoping so, because I, of course, this could just be the homer in me, but it's like, I understand how insane of a playmaker he is. So to watch him with the Giants, I mean, I think you got to just put the ball in his hands and let him make these plays, you know? And I mean, he's going to be a freak. We know this. But do you think that Tony has a shot at winning offensive rookie of the year this year? He's got plus 4,000 odds. If you're feeling confident, head on over to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it is 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device, like how I do it, that's just that's just how I like it, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, which I wish I had when I signed up, but it was way back. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code locked on. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. No spaces. Now, next up, we've got Brian Johnson leaving the Florida Gators this past season and the impact that could have on the upcoming Florida Gators offense. So keep in mind that I know Brian Johnson was a huge recruiter. Um, That's for another day. We're not talking about that. We're talking more about the immediate impact that he'll have, the immediate on-the-field impact that that will have. For those who don't know and didn't listen to yesterday's episode where we talked about Trayvon Grimes possibly making the Philadelphia Eagles final roster. Brian Johnson was the quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator at Florida this past year. He was a quarterbacks coach for the past three years and he saw, he joined with the Philadelphia Eagles this year as their quarterbacks coach. Um, he wasn't super involved as a playmaker like a lot of offensive coordinators are or as a play caller like a lot of offensive coordinators are because I mean that's kind of Dan Mullen's realm right now um, but Brian Johnson was very important as a developer and that is one of the biggest things that I think we may notice this year just lacking that extra development uh, aspect from this Florida offense particularly, of course, with the quarterbacks, which is a huge talking point right now for Florida football because Kyle Trask, of course, was the starting quarterback this past year. He got drafted second round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now we've got Emory Jones stepping in, who he's been thought of as more of a runner than anything else. And while that very well might be true, um, now he's missing the quarterback coach that helped Kyle Trask develop and get game ready and get, honestly, 
uh, NFL career ready. And we lost out on that with Emory Jones. And it's, it's really unfortunate just because I don't know about everybody else. I know I was hoping that Brian Johnson would have a year where he was like, okay, Emory Jones is QB1. He's the primary focus of who we need to develop right here, right now, and really just get him game ready and get him Heisman ready, if we're being honest. I know that I have been very vocal about my support for Emory Jones, and that is completely unwavering here. It's just one one more thing that we would have to overcome or one more one more obstacle, whatever you want to say, one less helping like stepping stone there. Uh, so Brian Johnson leaving, it's going to be big for this offense because while he wasn't a primary play caller, he was obviously involved in game planning every week. And Brian Johnson, who he's spent quite a few years of his coaching career with Dan Mullen. He got a, by the way, Brian Johnson got a very young start as a quarterback coach which is insane he was uh, I think 23 coming out of Utah and coming off his attempted uh pro career which unfortunately didn't work out but uh so he's very he was very young he's still very young I think he's 33 now um he's he's been around a little bit and one of the spots that I would like to talk about was Houston where I think that he would have picked up a little bit of an air raid tendency there and for me at least that's something that would have been huge with emory jones just just having like if you don't know air raid focuses a lot on getting the ball short letting your playmakers make the plays you know stretching defenses horizontally and things like that and that would have been really fun for a guy that's also a very mobile quarterback and as a threat with his legs every single snap so, I mean, unfortunately, we, we kind of, we didn't lose that because Brian Johnson's been with Florida. So, of course, they've gone through this, but Brian Johnson could have helped, you know, really get the uh, the intricacies of the offense in there. So, we're losing that a little bit. I do think that this means that we're going to see, which granted, we probably would have seen this a lot more anyway, just having Emory Jones instead of Kyle Trask. But I do think we're going to see a lot more of this uh, this spread option type of offense. Uh, we've got the playmakers. We've got the quarterback for it now. Again, nothing but absolute love for Kyle Trask. But him going to the NFL and Emory Jones stepping up as our likely starting quarterback, that opens up a lot for this offense. And... Dan Mullen, it's just a better scheme fit. Love Kyle Trask. I, it's just when we're talking about what the offense has been built for, Emory Jones is that dude when it comes to that. Now, we'll probably see, again, a lot more of the spread option stuff and less of the air raid-ish style of offense. But, I mean, yeah, the, my main thing that I'm worried about is Emory Jones' development not having Brian Johnson there. Of course, he's got Dan Mullen, who's a great coach and specifically great working with quarterbacks. But Brian Johnson was supposed to be just another pair of hands to really mold this big lump of clay that is Emory Jones. And it, it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. It's the hand that we're dealt with. And, I mean, Dan Mullen said it best where he's like, hey, uh, it sucks that Brian Johnson left, but I would like I'm happy that 
my assistants are moving on to the NFL, getting promoted. And I mean, that that's great to see, you know, just Brian Johnson going from college straight to the NFL as a quarterback coach. It's awesome to see. Um, we're hoping the best for him, of course. Um, but it, it does worry me a little bit. We could see this offense maybe get off to a bit of a slower start. We may see Emory Jones not be uh, as ready as we were hoping for, and we may not see him develop to the same extent that we had been hoping and planning for. You know what helps me develop? Built Bar. <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, man. I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar champion coconut brownie chunk. Personally, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. That's just what hits my spot. That's horrible. Also, if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Fun fact. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. To round out the show and round out the weekend, really, like, we're here. We're here, guys. It's awesome. I'm happy. I'm stoked. I'm excited for it. We're going to talk about Kawasi Reeves, who is the only high school commit that Florida Gators basketball is bringing in this year. And I know that that's very weird to say, like just one recruit. But again, we do have those four transfer athletes coming in now. We've got Kawasi Reeves is the only freshman coming in. And honestly, I mean, I'm excited for him. I'm more excited for Kawasi than I am for most of those transfers. Kwasi Reeves is a 6'6", 170-pound shooting guard from Macon, Georgia. He's a four-star shooting guard who's the number 27 player nationally ranked by 24-7 sports. Uh, Kwasi committed to Florida over Clemson, Stanford, um, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and I think there were like six to eight more schools also in the mix, or at least... Six to eight more schools that offered Kawasi Reeves a scholarship, but ultimately, of course, he chose to come to the Everything School, Florida. Um, Kawasi is more of an off-ball playmaker than a ball handler, which, I mean, is fine because this roster has a lot of uh, ball-dominant players coming in, which I know is kind of worrisome to hear ball-dominant, but it's in a good way, I'm telling you. It's in a good way. Don't worry about that. So having Kawasi as an off-ball playmaker, he's he's kind of a 3 and D kind of guy. Um, having him come in, it should mesh really well here. I know that if you look at the transfers coming in, you're looking at guys who are here to kind of help space the floor, space the floor a bit, uh, create some separation, create some space, let the ball handlers get to work. And Kwasi Reeves does just that. So he'll be there for when anybody really drives in the lane and they want to kick it out or working in the post and they want to kick it out. Kwasi Reeves will be ready, willing, and able 
to hit open threes. He's got also one thing that I noticed when watching him was like, he's a lanky dude. I couldn't find measurements for his wingspan or his arm length, but like I'm a lanky dude. He is a lanky dude. Like, so he's got plenty of length. And one thing that I really like about him that if you've heard me talk about any basketball players, um, he pays attention to defense. Like he plays defense. He plays hard and that will be much appreciated on a roster where i mean at least amongst the returning guys because we haven't had like we've got a lot of the stars are gone or the starters are gone um even the role players um so on a team where last year the defense was really lacking which is weird to say about a florida team still um he he plays defense kwasi reeves plays defense he's out here hustling and grinding and it's i love it He's, again, a long, lanky dude that has energy and pays attention to the defense is something that you don't see everywhere. And it's something that every team, whether it's NBA, high school, college, could use. Uh, With a crowded backcourt, unfortunately, though, he could be lost in the shuffle a little early on just while he's adjusting to the college game, maybe. Uh, But even then, I'm not super concerned about that because he's got a ton of potential. And he's got a silky shot. Like, this thing is butter smooth. That should get him at least some minutes early on, even if it's less than we'd like to see. Of course, I'm usually in favor of if you've got a young guy that can contribute and he's got a lot of potential, then you let him play early on. I know that that also leads to more guys leaving school early, but I could care less. Like, if the guy's getting a career out of it, who cares if he's only in school for a year? I'm fine with it if it means that he's, one, giving the Gators a better chance to win right now, and two, getting a career for himself. So I want to see him get a lot of playing time early on. Like, like he's got length, uh, energy, he can score, and he's, again, like I said, he's an off-ball playmaker, and that's great because, honestly, if he was a ball-dominant guard, then we would just be running into an issue of too many people that want to make plays with the ball in their hands and just creating a muddle everywhere. I, I'm pretty sure that was like a seventh grade vocabulary. Muddle just meant like a lot of stuff in a small space, whatever, all like gathered up. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. I'm not an English major. I wasn't an English major. Uh, but yeah, like he's got length, athleticism, energy. He can shoot. He's just not great with the ball in his hands, which is something that's expected. I'm a little bit worried about his ability to rebound at the next level and get in and get dirty. Um, And of course, being kind of like a pure 3 and D kind of guy right now, he's not going to create anything. So if we've got good on-ball defenders on the other team and it's up to Kawasi to really create plays, I, I do worry about his ability to do that early on at least. Um, he's not super creative or shifty with the ball in his hands when I did get to see him, but like I said, plenty of potential. I'm excited for him. I cannot wait for him to get to Gainesville and start making some plays, but that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me this Monday because it is Friday, so we are done for the week. Okay. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Um, as we talk about how maybe some other Gators fit in with their teams, Maybe we'll, we'll figure it out. We're going to have fun with it. That's all we know, right? Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole9sports.com. That is W H O L E 
N-I-N-E-Sports.com. Uh, th- I swear this is the last time I'm going to do this, unless I forget that. I'm sorry. Um, thank you to anyone who did join us on the whole nine sports draft stream this past weekend. We had over 19 hours of live draft coverage. Um, I got to personally break some of the undrafted free agent signings, which is really cool. Uh, thank you to uh, Marvin Wilson's agent, even though you texted me just, just a smidge too slow. But I still appreciate you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a fun time. We had over 7,000 viewers. So it was, just, it was still, to this point, still completely unreal that I got to be a part of it. And I'm so excited for next year. Uh, be sure to check out Locked On Cardinals, hosted by Alex Clancy and Bo Brock, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can listen right now, and you can hear the conversation that I had with both hosts yesterday about former Florida Gator and recent Arizona Cardinals draft pick Marco Wilson. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.